welcome a friend of the family here back to the IHUB Radio Live line, and that is former candidate for public office here in the desert and a very active organizer and activist here working with the courageous resistance of the desert. Joyce Silver, how are you? Oh, I'm doing great. I must say, there's never a shortage of things that need to, need our attention, that's for sure. <laughs> well, I'm glad that you bring that up that way, because I wanted to ask, now that we have Joe Biden and Kamala Harris in the White House, what's next, and how much different is it now that you're not working against the uh, orange potato head? Well, I think, um, and it's funny you should say that, uh, because a lot of energy did go uh, uh, to working towards that downfall, as it were, but that work doesn't stop because so many things that happened during those four years is still just been exacerbated as to the, the challenges that we have both nationally and locally. And some of those issues are uh, are going to take a whole lot, a hell of a lot of work to get um, moving forward progressively. And among those things in particular um, are affordable housing and homelessness. As you well know, that issue is just uh, burgeoning um, with its challenges. And you know, John, I think one of the one of the um, most stressing factors that's happened during COVID nineteen is that every single issue that we had. Uh, with uh, our systems of providing housing and homelessness and health care has only been uh, exposed. The weaknesses of those systems have really been exposed. And so we continue to um, move forward on many sides and many, many of those challenges right here within the Courageous Resistance. So it's interesting. You bring up, of course, uh, the homelessness issue. And today on the front page of the Desert Sun's website at DesertSun.com, there is a story that is written by Aaron Rohde, their uh, Western Valley uh, writer. And it's headlined, These Organizations Want to Build Temporary Homeless Shelters in Palm Springs. Will the city fund them? And it talks about the work of Well in the Desert and Martha's Village and Kitchen and what they're trying to do uh, in getting people to buy into these, um, you know, into the idea of having these homes that are built by a company called Pallet, uh, which they call a social purpose company focused on ending unsheltered homelessness. Uh, and it seems like with all of the caring, loving people who have supported, you know, like 800-plus nonprofits in our region, that there would be enough big hearts in this valley to want to make sure that homelessness is a top priority here. What can each of us individually do or get involved with to, to help in the quest to make sure that people aren't without a roof over their heads and food in their mouth? Well... I mean, that was certainly central to um, the, the campaigns for myself since my experience is is currently in, a, in building affordable housing. Not that that stops homelessness um, in its entirety, mind you, but does help with uh, ameliorating the situation as it stands because if you're going to have affordable housing, you're going to somehow you're going to make it a bit better to stop homelessness. But let's talk about what you just talked about with pallet housing. I know they're going to do 
Um, there's a demonstration of, of pallet housing um, this week, I believe it's on Friday, right. where they've invited people to, to go over to um, uh, Purple Energy. Hot Purple Energy, which hot uh, purple energy. so people know that's located at 810 North Feral Drive. It's right next to the airport on the west side of the airport, uh, kind of over by the DMV offices. And that's yeah. going to happen from 4.30 to 7 o'clock on Friday evening. And we, we are promoting uh, the attendance of that as well. Uh, that's uh, something that we'll have um, representatives and members of the Courageous Resistance and Indivisible 36. But the issues around homelessness, um, and, and, and I think it's important that there are shelters and there are, there are places um, to provide services. Certainly, Well in the Desert has been attempting to do as much as they possibly can. Certainly, Martha's Village has, I think, done it probably uh, more successfully than most uh, than 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 um, than we could even expect them to do. They have uh, really fabulous programs there. Uh, but if we look at the causes of homelessness. That doesn't. We won't be stopping homelessness by creating um, a room, or in other words, that doesn't stop the actual issues involved. Right. And one of the things that's being talked about uh, are, is something that's called navigation centers, or transitional or bridge housing, all involved with programs for addressing the issues. Uh, that under that uh, that support homelessness per se. I know one of the issues in Echo Park, for example, in Los Angeles, is you can take people and put them in a room, which was called Project Room Key, uh, and you can put a ho- uh, somebody who's without what we recognize as a home. And I say that because we're saying they, they, they may not have a house, but that doesn't mean they're necessarily homeless, you know, because they, even in the encampments, that is a home and that is a community. And so taking people out of their social networks and their family units doesn't necessarily solve the problem of homelessness. So, yes, I think it's important that there are places for uh, those who want to be housed in, in one way or another, or have some kind of shelter, but that does not necessarily solve the issue of creating more homelessness. And I think that's where we have to look at larger projects as to something more permanent in which somebody can programmatically enter a community and then come out with, uh, with stabilization and a program that allows them to move to the level of being ready uh, for affordable housing, and that's a whole nother issue, John. Right? <laughs> How do we well, get more affordable housing built? Especially in an area where there's not even enough housing to go around uh, for those who are capable financially of of paying for it. Let alone right. those who are challenged by issues around poverty and other things, because there is more comprehensive uh, concerns in this around mental health and. Uh, job security, uh, and a lot of other things go into the overall issues of of the homelessness, uh, also uh, addiction issues and things like that. So what can, what can, in your mind, what can and should be done to take the steps that we need to, to have the level of services here to help get people on the right track? 
I, I think that um, w- what I had always advocated for, and, and this, by the way, this is not necessarily a courageous resistance advocacy for this, because the courageous resistance itself um, does uh, uh, support both um, uh, Shay's Veterans uh, Home in, in Desert Hot Springs and we're we're always um, looking for donations for that, and also the LGBT Sanctuary Palm Springs Project. So we do support um, these two entities, and then often we support Well in the Desert, and then often we will uh, we'll do a rotation with Martha's Village, and so we do things like that. But that, like I say, that is not that doesn't stop homelessness. And so my my own personal view of this is to create a bridge housing community in which people who are committed, much like the Martha's Village model where there's a commitment to a 120-day program in order to enter the shelter and get services for stability, for medical, and for uh, career uh, support and that kind of thing. But I think that people who have been uh, homeless or without homes for a while uh, also need a chance to um, acclimate. And so my thinking is with a community like Bridge Housing, they could they could uh, commit to uh, a program and they would be able to stay there for two years with support services within that community and thereby readying them for those next steps. That, that's always kind of been my, my vision for helping uh, move our population of those who would like to move into a situation where they could be ready for affordable housing. Do we have the right leadership uh, in terms of within our city governments here across the Coachella Valley to make these things happen? I know that Jeff Kors and Christy Holstage uh, a while back went to Sacramento and were able to secure from the governor a commitment of $10 million towards uh, doing stuff in terms of, of uh, homelessness, uh, but then it's got to be put into practice. Uh, do you think that we're doing an adequate job on that front, at least where we're at in the process right now? Uh, well, I think that um, they have the right vision, uh, but the commitment to an actual uh, process itself is also going to be dependent on how the citizenry and how our residents residents of Palm Springs uh, can see the value of of such a of such a community development, and then there's always the issue where do where does that get placed? And I think that's the most frightening aspect for people as to um, the nimbyism. Not in my not yes. in my uh, neighborhood ideas come up, but I think that people are pretty much upset with what they're seeing with um, the issues and challenges of, of and, and the magnitude of homelessness. And I have to say, I don't even think we've seen all of it yet. Don't because we need... As, as COVID lifts, I think we're going to find that there's a lot more that's happened during COVID, and especially with people who were unemployed and just were not able to hold on through the COVID sure. period. Yeah, absolutely. Um, don't we need better... I don't want to say better. Don't we need people who are more attuned to the social services aspect of things rather than, you know, the politicians uh, leading the way on these issues? Well, 
Yes, and but the politician's job, I think, is to come to terms with uh, taking those ideas from social service point of view and educating and bringing the public to a place where they can see the value added to a community. And that is not an easy job because that, I think, is probably the hardest job a politician has. We are visiting with Joyce Silver this afternoon. She joins us from the Courageous Resistance of the Desert. By the way, Joy, if people want to get involved with the organization, find out what's going on, and participate in your meetings, how can they do that? Well, um, they can do it in several ways. Uh, One way they can do it is on our Facebook page. There is a The Courageous Resistance of the Desert and they can find us there, and they can also find us under Palm Springs Indivisible 36. We are emerging of those two uh, particular organizations. Or um, they can also uh, email me at joysilverjoy at gmail.com, and I will make sure that they get on our newsletter and get in, and they'll know about our meetings. Great. And I was talking last week on the show I think it was Friday, we actually had Ron DeHart here from the Palm Springs Human Rights Commission. We've been talking a lot lately about the statue of one of the city fathers in Palm Springs, Frank Bogert, sitting on city property out in front of City Hall, and his racist history and the horrific things in its own right, kind of a a Holocaust-ish Uh, series of events that happened back in the late 1950s in Section 14 downtown when people were literally burned out of their homes. And while we're focused on trying to fix a problem with our history, do you think that we, with all the things going on right now with COVID, with people out of work and so on and so forth, do you think that that's necessarily the right focus for us to have at at this time, or should we be putting our focus into other things that have a direct impact on people's lives today? Well, you know, it's interesting you say that, especially because they're talking about human rights. Um, the, the whole uh, Bogart statue issue, I think, is is more complex than simply um, what happened uh, with burning people out of their homes, because um, it, the other side of that is also, uh, it seemed to be um, that Bogart also stood up for the Native American land rights. So I think that there there's a lot more to that story. I'm not saying that it's not, it was a great thing that happened, but I think what you said is really important. At the Courageous Resistance, we have um, two things, talking, uh, two committees that are, that are working on um, asylum seekers and uh, immigration. And in fact, um, there's Desert Supporter of Asylum Seekers Committee. And this has a lot to do with the Imperial Regional Detention Facility uh, that houses immigrants seeking asylum, and those deplorable conditions and abuses are documented in federal and state reports. And so we still have a, a terrible situation at the border, and those places where people are are detained are in a horrible condition. And so we are working on much of trying to alleviate some of that situation. Additionally, we have something called the African Immigration Initiative, and that is to support 
African immigrants, whether in detention or out on bond and parole or deported, and we're seeking to fight the change in the system there to stop deportation. Again, uh, the Imperial ICE detention center deficiencies are a, a big problem. And so we want to see some California lawmakers use their contacts to work towards the solutions and not to just give reports about it. So, yes, all of that is to say we're in agreement with you (laughs) that there are big things that not just happened in the past, but are happening today. Sure. People are hungry today. People need jobs today. People need homes today. And I think that probably our energy could be better used towards those things. I have a fairly common criticism of the Democratic Party, like many Democrats who look at it and go, why do we even come close to losing in elections at times? Because it seems like we're usually on the right side of history with the direction that we want to go, yet I am blown away that being in the United States of America, we have so many people who are opposed to people coming into this country from elsewhere when that is really the whole basis that this country has been built upon and opening its arms up around the world and especially to people who are in harm's way. I know people myself who immigrated here from from Guatemala and they did so not because just because they wanted to make a better living or whatever. For them, they were coming here fleeing almost certain death in their neighborhoods. And they wanted to simply be able to live and to thrive as anybody would. And our promise of life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, uh, it seems to me kind of a joke when we we hear about how the, the border detention centers and whatnot are, are so overfull and the right wing right now is making such a big deal about it. But when I fly over this country, I look down out of the airplane and I see all this open land and all this space for people who should be able to come into this country. I don't want crooks and criminals and rapists and murderers and things like that, but that's not who is really coming across the border, is it? Right. Well, I mean, when you look at um, people who immigrate and and how far they they walk from their countries of origin, women with children walking with them, I mean, how bad the situation has to be for somebody to leave their home and community and country and go to a country where they don't even speak the language and bringing their children by the hand. This means that the the issues at home are 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 that terrible. But you know, I think you're underscoring something that we're seeing right now, and that's just the blatancy of um, uh, Marjorie Green, for example, um, and the the party that is now talking specifically about ang- uh, creating and protecting the Anglo-Saxon um, <laughs> uh, right to rule, more or less is what we're hearing about now. I mean, they've taken the the dog whistles off and and the hoods off, and we're really seeing what the problem is. And it's the same problem that we had in 1860. Um, And now we're looking it right in the face because we didn't really... um, We didn't really deal with the issues after the Civil War. And so how do you maintain a white majority when demographics say it's not going to be the majority going into the future. And so I think there's a, that fear 
that that power will be taken and there will be a loss of power rather than just seeing that equity equity supports everybody. I think that's where we're standing right now. Yeah, I wish that people got that and understood it and were a lot more humanistic, but that's not how things really necessarily are. Joy, I have like 140 more things to talk to you about. Uh, <laughs> can we make this a regular habit? I would love that. I Great. always enjoy talking to you and I'm very grateful that you have me on as your guest. Thank you so much for being here with us today and uh, we wish you well and continue to stay safe and we'll get you back real soon and, and pick up the conversation because there is so much more to talk about. 